Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tampi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Yes, we are bringing you, this time around, uh, Season 2, Episode 19 of 7th Heaven. We bring you a new episode each and every time you listen to us. <laughs> we could go back and redo ones if that's what you'd want. Um, the title of this episode is Time to Leave the Nest, so we are nearing the end of Season 2. I can't believe it. Um, there are no French or German titles for, Sadly. for this episode. You can send us ideas for titles if you want, though. <laughs> so the uh, IMDb user synopsis for this episode is, Little Sarah James is found wandering on the streets. Warmly welcoming Simon wins her confidence while Eric and a cop friend search and find her pa, Joe, an unrepentant lush, and decide a more stable educator is required. Matt, meanwhile, tiptoes, realizing Ma makes a last-ditch stand to talk him out of moving out to a Tennessee college, and rudely intruding pest Ruthie first diverts, then scares off his older date, Molly. And Molly is spelled with I-E. I don't know if we checked... No, Molly spelled M-O-L-L-Y. Yeah, okay. So, your first impression of this episode. Another one with a lot of feelings. uh, I'm not going to talk about my first impression yet. I actually have... IMDb has a couple of reviews. Uh, We haven't done these in a while. But one of the reviews is not really a review and more like a plea. So, I'm going to read this. Um, It's called Seventh Heaven Ending. I am sad and quite angry Seventh Heaven is ending. I love this show and I will miss this show forever. Is there any way that you can keep the show on for at least three more years? I am a huge fan and love the work that the producers have done. All the characters are awesome and are awesome actors. I've always wanted to be on the show, but that is not what I'm talking about right now. I want 7th Heaven to stay on air for a long time yet. This is my number one television show. I have not missed one episode. Please keep 7th Heaven on air. My dream is still to be on at least one episode, but that is not possible if you put it off air. I like how this person wanted three years. Like, that was when they real, like, that was the time period they needed to actualize their dream. Um, so anyway, yeah, your first impression? Um, this was a very frustrating episode, uh, mostly because Simon was acting like he could keep a person. Um, and the, oh god, the ending was so horrible. You warned me, but... I did. I think I did. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's your typical, it's it's back to the, the seventh heaven formula that uh, There's we, a problem. Yeah. And the Rev comes in and tries to save the day. Except this time, it's not only the Rev. Simon is apparently his father's son. And he wants to save the day, too. He, I, I guess, he wants to be a father. Is what I guess. The, That's what we're getting. From the first episode, we knew that he wanted happy. He wanted more responsibility. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just get into it. Right. Uh, so this is, um, kind of a, was it storyline by yeah. storyline format? Um, All of the storylines are introduced in the cold open, so we're just going to go through the cold open. Yes. Starts out with, uh, I think both Aaron and I have written down footsie, footsie. breakfast. <laughs> I said romantic breakfast. Oh, I said footsie breakfast. Uh, Rev and Annie are playing footsie. At a romantic, <laughs> having a romantic <laughs> breakfast. Um... We, I said in the last episode that they're the horniest people alive, and if this, if this episode doesn't confirm it, then I don't know what does. Yes. They do, we do have a scene about, like, sex, actually, in this episode. We'll they're multiple, I would say. Oh, right, yeah, we do. Um, oh, at, so they're talking about, I don't know, whatever, they're having, like, pillow talk, but at the kitchen table, and... Uh, about, um, remind me, to, the Rev says to Annie, remind me to give you a raise, which makes it seem like she's like a kept woman. Or a prostitute <laughs> yes. who's getting paid for her services. Yeah, um, 
And then the Matt comes in with mm-hmm. a big pile of mail, and he's like, looks like mostly bills. And then the he, Rev makes a little joke about getting an advance on his raise, or I don't and, know. And he says, she says, with interest. No, he says, with interest. And she says, with tons of interest. <laughs> and then they make out <laughs> Which a bit. I guess we're supposed to read into, but I can't. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, Matt comes back into the room and says very, like. Calmly. I got in. So apparently he got into one of the schools he applied to. Um, uh, and then they were like, oh, well, he didn't seem... Oh, and the, the Camerons, like, rejoice, and they're cheering. And they're like, oh, Matt didn't seem too happy. And they say, oh, well, it must be the college near us. So that kind of sets up the that story line. fact that they want Matt to stay um, in-state for college. Then we have... Um, Lucy and Mary. Lucy's on the phone. Uh, there is another new boy called Jeff Olson who thinks she's cute. Uh, they are. She's talking to one of her many female friends or male friends. Who knows? Uh, Mary picks up her diary because Lucy's left her diary up on uh, on the like night like well, on the table. Lucy's kind of like lamenting because this boy only thinks that she is cute, and she's like, "Oh, he didn't say pretty." Like, and she's like, "Girls are cute," or like, "Kids are cute," and she's like, "But I am." And then. Mary, reading from her diary, interrupts and says, a woman whose sexual nature is hidden beneath her perkiness. Um, and then she, just because I'm petite doesn't mean my emotions are petite. Uh, so we learn that Lucy is... Lucy has a lot of depth. Passion. Apparently. Um, she then, I don't even think she, like, hangs up the phone. She, she just chases Mary around the room. Yeah. Uh, because Mary is still holding her diary. Right. And, like, they have a brief, like, wrestle on the bed, and then she grabs the diary and, like, runs out of the room, um, goes downstairs, asks for, like, a chainsaw or rope. Uh, or tape. Yeah. Um, gets tape, goes upstairs, and starts taping down the middle of the room. Um, and that, so that's our second storyline, our Lucy and Mary storyline. And our last storyline is Simon coming in. Now... Uh, when this when he came in, my focus like directed on his pants. He's wearing red and black camo cargo pants, um, and I was like, "What the fuck is he wearing?" And Aaron's like, "Maybe look at what else is happening." So it's just like <laughs> uh, just a dirty girl, and we have a new. So we've got like a dirty we have boy, dirty boy George, dirty boy George, and now we have dirty girl Sarah. Yeah, but we don't know her name yet. But you were focused on the pants, and you also thought that the little girl was, was Ruthie. Ruthie. Yes, I thought it was Ruthie, and then I saw her I face, like, and I was like, not that's her. not Ruthie. Uh, so Simon has found a dirty girl who we later <laughs> learn her name is Sarah, and the first thing he says is, can we keep her? Yes. Uh, uh, and that is the cold open, and those are our three storylines. So, yeah, Matt... So um, let's do Matt's storyline first. Yeah, um, so Matt, I don't know, he... the. I don't exactly know how this all kind of gets rolling, but Matt says he has a date this same night that he got the envelope from the college, and he says that he he kind of knows that he has his parents in, like, a tough spot because they don't want him to go away to school. Um, and I think they might have, like, a brief conversation about that, but then Matt is like, oh, my date is going to come over here tonight, and I would like to be able to hang out in my room, which is now, Matt's room is now in the attic. Um, I'd like to hang out alone with her in my room, and we'd like, you know, just privacy would be good. Um, and Annie, ag- like, agrees Please. because she thinks that she realizes what Matt is doing, which would be if he did go to school out of state, he would be living in, you know, like, probably have, like, a roommate, but he'd be living alone, and he wouldn't have to obey any of his parents' rules. So he's, like, pushing it to see um, if, I don't know, how much 
room they'll give him um, to kind of live independently in the pursuit of uh, keeping, keeping him yeah. in the state. Uh, so Annie and the Rev kind of come up with a pact to, to be like, whatever it takes, we're going to let him basically do whatever he needs to do uh, to make him understand that he will have the same kind of freedom if he stays here uh, versus going away to college. Yeah, and they say, like, oh, he's almost 18, so, like, we That's have fine. to, yeah. Right. Um, so... Molly comes over. Yes. Uh, we, <laughs> we find out that Molly is... 23, and she is a foam girl. <laughs> yes, she. they met at the college coffee shop. Uh, she... Lives still lives with her parents, uh, except we find out later that she doesn't live with them because she lives with them because she wants to live with them and they want her to leave. Um, but like it seems like if she's like working at the local coffee shop, I presume she's going to like this local college. So why would she live? No, she graduated. Oh, graduated high school. Oh, she's twenty three. So I guess she would have graduated uh, college. college, presumably as well. Yeah. Um, so probably I don't know. Do, probably Fo- dealing with the recession. And he's like. <laughs> The recession in nineteen yes that hasn't happened yet. Booming economy in nineteen ninety eight. So anyway, they like Matt's like we're gonna go up to my room, and then Annie invites them to watch The Sound of Music, and Molly says that Rogers and Hammerstein are so dope, dope. Mm -hmm. but she does not want to watch The Sound of Music with Annie and the Rev. Um, We make it up to the attic where um, candles are being lit. There's I I guess French music is playing again. I don't understand why (laughs) everything like French. Well, if they want to, like, portray romance on this show, they play French music. Um, And they start making out on the couch. And Ruthie comes in. And Ruthie, with her signature line, what are we doing? Uh, This is actually the the second. Yeah, or the third, possibly. She says it three times total this episode. Um, This is the third. Yeah, you're right. This is the third. Yeah, so this is the, since we're going out of order, this is the third time she says it. But she says, what are we doing? And then, I don't know, Matt's like, we are not doing anything. Um, but Molly is like, I love kids, she can stay, and they start hitting it off, and... We find out they hit it off mostly because Molly thinks it's radical to take the heads off of dolls. Which Ruthie also, because Ruthie says, I have a doll named Molly, she doesn't have a head because I ripped her head off and then it was part of the solar system. Um, I forgot to mention, earlier before this scene, we find out that Matt not only got into the college that's... Um, in California, so the one that's close to home, uh, but also to the University of Tennessee, which is the one that's... He wants to go to. Yes. Um, so Matt then goes on the search to find someone to distract Ruthie and get her out of his room. Should um, we do the scene where he goes to Mary Lucy's room now? Uh, I guess. Um, just to, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory from the cold open. So Lucy and Mary are still fighting. They were like... There's really no, nothing really happens other than they just continue to yell at each other and have these stupid little fights. So Matt goes and is like, can one of you watch Ruthie? Um, I forget even what they say, except, no, I no. know exactly what Lucy says. But they are like, oh. Lucy's like. No, no, they're like, we want, Mary says, no, I want you to move out. Like, I want you to have a miserable time because yeah. I want you to go away to college so I can get your room. And then Lucy says. Oh, wait, I have to find it. The people... Oh, the people who live in the slums of Calcutta have more privacy, and they uh, live out in the streets. So... Lucy's trying to compare herself to the people who live in Calcutta, the slums of Calcutta. Um, <laughs> I almost threw my book at the TV. <laughs> Lucy's the worst. Uh, and Matt, having the only rational reaction he can, says, you guys are mental, and then closes the door on them. 
Um, but then he go, makes his way downstairs, and he gets Annie to uh, go. Well, he asks, what's up with the, I forget what he calls the, um, what, what he calls the Lucy and The Viper the twins. twins. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's like, get Ruthie out of my room. So Annie goes upstairs, and before she does that, she does like a little gesture to the Rev, which we kind of figured um, like meant like talk to Matt. He starts to start the conversation by talking about the apostles. That doesn't really work. Um, at some point in the conversation, Matt says, I would oh, never have sex in this house. Because um, Matt says, like, oh, Ruthie interrupted everything, and then the Rev was like, what's everything? And then Matt says, uh, don't worry, I would never have sex in, the, in this house. And, and then, then the Rev was like, well, in this house, that doesn't mean you'll never have sex. Um, and <laughs> Matt brings it back to the, the apostles. apostles. Yeah. Um, Ruth, uh, sorry. Annie goes upstairs, finds that Molly and Ruthie are dancing. Um, they are doing a new dance move that we will never see again. But it kind of looks like they're doing the chicken dance, but like they're holding also, each other's hands. They're holding hands, and Ruthie isn't really even moving. It's just Molly like pulling her around. Um, so there's that. Ruthie is also holding Molly's shoes <laughs> while she were while very hung up on. For I don't some understand reason. why she was doing that. Why aren't um, the shoes just on the floor? I don't know. Uh, Annie like grabs Ruthie, says we have to go, and they leave. Um, Molly, I think after this experience, is like maybe I'm like too old for you, and but somehow Matt's yeah, like, well, she's like, oh, um, well, no, this is when we find out that her parents want her to move out because she says I'm still living at home, so I usually try to date people who don't live at home. Because and then Matt says, oh, well, it's different because my parents want me to stay and yours want you out. So oh, wait, we forgot something. Um, when Annie says, sorry, I wrote this down and I was just reading it. And when Annie's like, oh, I'm sorry about Ruthie. And Molly goes, that's fine. I want, I I, I love kids. I can't wait to have some of my own. Annie makes (laughs) quite the the face. And she also like rubs her tummy as if like, it will happen. As if she's with child. Yes. Um, so. Then, sorry, then, yeah, we can get back. Then they have that conversation. So Matt's like, oh, don't worry. My parents will leave us alone because they want me out. Whereas your parents are trying. Oh, no, my My parents want me to stay. But your parents want you to leave. So they're going to make it uncomfortable for you. So, um. Molly ends up staying the night. Uh. Which we learn. Later. Okay. The Rev and Annie are in the kitchen. And they're like, do you know what time Molly left? And they're both like, no. And then. He says, I hope she didn't hear us on when, when she left. Um, and we learned that the Rev and Annie, stress is like a huge turn-on for them. Yeah, it's an aph- aphrodisiac. Every time they're stressed out, they decide to have sex. So, Which is why they have so many kids. Yes. Uh, and then we find out that it was actually... Uh, well, Matt's in the kitchen, and like we see Molly sneaking out the front door, and Annie sees yeah. her. And he's like, oh, I slept on the couch. The blankets are still on the couch. Molly slept in my bed. I'm sure they're actually having, like, a pretty important conversation here about him going away to school. Oh, yeah. Um, where Annie's like, oh, yeah, the University of Texas. And Matt's like, the University of Tennessee. Please get it right, like, where I want to go. Um, I don't really, I don't think there was anything important said during this conversation. It was mostly just more of, like, Annie being like, I don't want you to go. And Matt being like, this place is a prison. I think Matt says that he... he is this when he says, like, definitively, like, I'm going to go? Yeah, I think so. So he tells Annie, like, I, yeah, I'm going to leave. Um, fun fact about the University of Tennessee, a court in 2017 rankings, eight, it ranked eighth in best parties according to Playboy. Of course. So maybe that's... Uh, Why? Yeah, this is Matt's... Uh, 
motivations. So I think that's basically it for Matt's storyline until the very end. Um, when I guess we can wait to do the very end until the very end of, of this. <laughs> we can save the very end for the very end. So that's, that's yeah. That's basically it for Matt's storyline. Uh, I guess we can do a quick overview of Lucy and Mary's. Yeah, it's like we really don't need to. Sp- we're not going to spend a whole lot of time mm-hmm. on this. It's very silly. Um, other than the thing in the beginning with the funny lines about the journal uh, and Lucy's hidden sexual nature, Lucy uh, puts tape on the flo- uh, on the in the middle of the room, separating Mary's side from Lucy's side. Uh, while she's doing this, we get our first "What are we doing?" from Ruthie. Ruthie comes in. What are we doing? Lucy's like, I'm taking control of my own destiny. And Ruthie <laughs> says, uh, it looks like you're just putting tape on the floor. Um, Ruthie is then bored and leaves. I think we have like a couple of more fight scenes where Mary's like, well, I'm on the side of the door, so you can't leave. And we have like some great dance moves by Jessica Beale coming in <laughs> and out of the door. This will be on Instagram yeah. and Twitter if Twitter lets me post videos. Uh, I think what we really want to take from this, other than, like, them having screaming matches at each other, because, honestly, neither of them are really, like, right or wrong. Uh, Lucy's upset because her privacy is being taken away. Um, And and Mary's just like, I can't wait until Matt leaves because I'm going to move up to the attic. And then they have a little fight about that um, because... She's like, I'm the oldest, so I'm going to move up there. And then Lucy points out that originally that was supposed to be Simon's room. Um, So they go back and forth. Well... What so when it's Annie's turn to try to like because they're talking about who's the boss? Mary's saying I'm the boss. I'm older than you. But then Annie comes in and is like you're not the boss. I'm the boss of both of you. So she says you need to apologize to each other. But they don't really apologize to each other. So Annie like like on a different day or something. Annie Here's sees them, them fighting. fighting again. She comes back into the room. Uh, I think Lucy's locked her out because she wants to hide her diary. Um, Mary, they all, everybody goes inside. They're on they're on their respective beds, and they dive. Well, Mary's like basically is like I know where you hide your diary, and I don't read it when you hide it, but like you very frequently leave it around the room, and when it's just like laying on the table, I'm I, gonna read it, I, and then they divulge information about why they are fighting, and Mary says that it's because. Um, she's so she's such she's, a sexual, sexual being. Yeah, and then Annie is horrified, and Lucy, for the second time or third time, um, brings Matt into yeah. this fight for no reason, and is like, "Well, Matt had a girl stay over last night," and again, like you're she, yeah. you're like fourteen years old, and he, and but like the other thing is, she keeps on doing it as a way of being like, "I know, like you don't know about Matt having a girl over. I'm telling you, so I'm like being the good daughter here." And Annie's like, I know, I like, I know what's going on in my own household. Uh, But Annie decides that this is a good time to talk about sex. Now, (sighs) listeners, when when your parent has sat you down to have the sex talk, uh, is your reaction usually (laughs) excitement and also a massive big smile on your face? And because... Because that's what Lucy's reaction is. Yes, and she's like, tell me all the good stuff. And then (sighs) she says... And uh, every, they both look at her, like Mary being like the good stuff. And Lucy's like, what? You have basketball. Right. And I just wrote here, I was like, Lucy's hobby is thinking about sex. Because that's what it basically seems to be implying. So Annie decides that she's going to tell the story about Valentine's Day uh, years ago. A stormy, stormy Valentine's night. Um, where they, like... Annie forgot it was Valentine's Day. The only thing that the Rev bought back was a 
Hershey's bar because he had to take Mrs. Bing to the hospital because of heart surgery. Thank God we haven't seen her in a while. Uh, he comes back. They, she, like they hold each other and they kiss and the rain stops and. And, and Lucy's then like, what, what's the good, good stuff? stuff? And and he's like, you're the good stuff. And Lucy's like, what? He's like, that's the night you were conceived. And she's so happy about this. She's like, I was conceived on Valentine's Day. Oh my god. I'm like, I would want my parents to shut the fuck up if they were telling me the night that I was conceived. <laughs> yes, that's. When, but look, Lucy's when, having the obvious wrong reaction to everything. But then Mary is like, oh, when are you going to tell me about the night I was conceived? And they were like, you're not old enough yet. Maybe when you get married. What, 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 what Which, does that like, mean? Which, like, what were they doing? Yeah. yeah. But um, the other thing about this is what we read, uh, well, we got some trivia. Um, her That's impossible. Her, birth, <laughs> like, her birthday's in January, yeah. so she was, like, a, a very late baby. <laughs> very. She should have, like, if she was conceived in February, she should have... Been born in November. Like... Er, like early, early December, if late the latest, the latest. But she was born like middle of January, so uh, uh, um, continuity. Yeah. I can't believe that Brenda Hampton dropped the ball on this one. Um, but I think that supposedly is enough to like clear the air between. Well, just because like Lucy is like just totally elated by the fact that she was conceived on Valentine's Day, like that was enough for her. Um, so. Yep, that's that's Freaks. it. Yep, that's it. Oh uh, wait, there is actually um, we forgot this. But while they're fighting in the first place, um, they are talking about how like Matt's gonna leave and Annie's there, and Annie's like, "What? No, he isn't." And Mary and uh, Lucy are like, "Of course he is. He's too old to stay at home." And Lucy's like, "I wouldn't be caught dead living here at the age of oh twenty three because because which... Annie's like Molly still lives with her parents and she's twenty three. <laughs> and Lucy, yeah, like, I wouldn't be caught dead um, with my parents. And, like, spoiler alert, sorry, but Lucy is still living at home when she is 23, so joke's on you, uh, Lucy. I wonder if they knew that when they wrote this in season two, that they were going to keep Lucy in the house forever. Oh, she's, like, the only person, only, like, actor who didn't have anything better going on to, like, leave. Maybe she was just super devoted to Seventh Heaven, like the fan who really wanted it to stay on for three more years. I I love yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, I guess we can go to our final storyline now, which is about Dirty Girl Sarah. Um, so before we learn Sarah's name, uh, we learn she doesn't speak. She doesn't speak. Uh, and the first scene we really have about this is not even with Sarah. It's with Sergeant Michaels, Simon, and the Rev. Simon is basically saying, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. That's basically what's happening. He's saying, He's look. Like, the law says you got to take care of your belongings. Yes. If you don't, somebody else gets it. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. And I'm going to take care of it. He's, he, like, compares Sarah to a dog. He says, well, look, if I didn't take care of Happy and Happy just roamed the streets, she would be taken to a dog pound and, like, another family would have her. And that's exactly what's happening with Sarah. Uh, we're the new family, and you can't give her back to her family because they don't deserve her. But, like, the way that he talks about Sarah, it's very much like she's a thing that he's found on the street, even though she's a human being that has a family that he that cannot person keep. That nobody possesses. Or be- like, she does not belong to anyone. Um... We still don't know her name. She's not talking. She gets along with Annie really well. Annie, like, washed. Gives her a bath and gives her, New like, clothes. some of Ruthie's clothes. And um, she's, yeah, they're just, like, 
kind of dragging her around from scene to scene right. because she's not speaking at this point. But Simon then uses like M and M's or like Reese's Pieces or something. Yeah, and then uh, to get her to like do things that he wants her to do. Uh, and then yeah, so then we the Rev goes to. The poli- he calls Sergeant Michaels, and he goes to the police station to try to f- look through, like, missing children files. Um, Which is not his job. No. Um, He's not an officer of the law. And he uh, gets there, and there's, like, a huge stack of files, and he's like, these are all the missing children, and Sergeant Michaels is like, just the ones that haven't been entered into the computer yet. But no worries, because... Uh, they don't have to continue looking because a man, a dirty man, um, stumbles in, who's also bleeding from the head, um, stumbles he's, into the police station and is like, like, my daughter, I need to find my daughter, my daughter's missing. We immediately know that dirt, dirty man is the father of dirty girl. But, yeah, they just, they're like, I think we found him. And I'm like, just because he's dirty too? Um, uh, well, they ask what his daughter looks like. It's like her name's Sarah. She's about this high, and she has brown hair and these like big, big blue eyes. I'm so convinced her eyes are not blue, though. No, they're they're blue. Once you see the first scene, the dirty girl Sarah comes in. She's All right. she has blue eyes. We might put this up as a poll on like Twitter. <laughs> like, are, does dirty girl Sarah is, have blue yeah, eyes? Yeah, is this does this girl actually have blue eyes? Because I'm skeptical. She does. Uh, um, he passes out. Wakes up in a hospital. We find out his name is Joe James. His daughter's name is Sarah James. And Joe is an alcoholic. Yes. That's basically all you need to know. Um, the mother is not in the picture. We find out that the mother OD'd in the, in Bowery, the Bowery here two in, years ago. in Manhattan. Yes. Um, um, so a lot of questions about that. Right. How did she go from Glen Oak to the Bowery? Why? What was she doing? Like, I guess Brenda Hampton, like, read up and was like, oh, it's a rough, rough part of town there. If you're going to OD anywhere in New York, it that's the place the to do it. Um, um, they find out where Joe and Sarah live, and it ends up being a um, trailer, which is some sort of, like, horrible commentary. Oh yeah, and and it's like fit like living in. Well, I don't know. Again, uh, so many so many problems. I don't know where to start. Yeah, but no. It basically they're as we've said like multiple times before. Seventh Heaven it's has all stereotypes. Ar- yeah, quite archaic views about things. Like people that are drug addicts are automatically like the bane of society. And don't dre- can't dress well. well. That was the other yeah. thing. Like and so now people that are alcoholics don't have houses. But or, like Julie was an alcoholic like, and and she was able to like totally function like right. she was functioning and everything and she could get it together. So I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to show different sides of alcoholism yeah we so then so the the most important thing here is that the rev is there with sergeant michaels and the rev breaks in to the trailer right because sergeant michaels says right before this happens he's like we couldn't get a warrant because there was no sufficient cause or something whatever um and the rev was like just turn around yeah turn around while i just and he's like look the door is open now and sergeant michaels takes a few steps inside before he's like oh i Got another call. I have to go or something. Um, and they, the rev walks around this house. Uh, it's basically a mess. Um, there's a rat. There's a rat. There's garbage everywhere. Um, Just basically saying that, like, if you're an alcoholic, you can't take care of anything, and you can't take care of yourself, and you are you don't deserve to live in like a home. Um, we then find out that uh, Sergeant Michael comes in, says. 
good news, bad news. Bad news was about the mother being dead, but good news is that there's a grandmother. Uh, it's Grandma James. We Grandma James. Um, I, I I forget what happens. I think oh. she shows up at the house. No, no, no. Oh. Before this. Oh, uh, they... he, like the Rev goes home. Remember, Dirty Girl Sarah still has not spoken yet. She's very much having the time of her life being a mute. Um, and then suddenly the Rev comes home, says her name is Sarah. Hi, Sarah James. And she can speak again. Yes. Um, and she's like, I want, because I think he says like, we know we found your dad too. And she's like, I want to go home to my dad. I have to go to my dad. He's sick when I'm not around to take care of him. Um, he, he can't like get by. And then they're like, Oh, how is your dad sick? And she's like, when he doesn't drink, um, he's in a lot of pain. Yeah. So, um, she is like very eager now that she knows that they found her father. She's like. Oh, I want to go back home. Like, let me out of here. Now uh, that they know her name and they've said her father's name, she's she can cap- speak. Yeah, she's capable of talking and forming thoughts, and not fo- fo- following Simon around because there's candy in the picture. Yeah. Um, I think really the next thing that happens is Simon and uh, and Sarah are having like good fun times. Simon has become her adoptive father. It's great. There's a whole new relationship building and uh, Grandma James comes in and she doesn't recognize this woman, is very scared of her. Um, The grandma is like devastated by the fact that like she's so isolated, that Joe isolated her. Um, She says some really problematic things actually about his like alcoholism. I didn't really write them all down. I just remember it being pretty horrible well i i don't think that um just because she's saying like he's isolated and stuff is so much problematic about like him being alcoholic but it seems like he probably i, I don't know the way that like his mother makes it seem like he's like afraid of what might happen if he involves anyone else in their lives so he knows that like he's an alcoholic but he doesn't want to lose his daughter so i i, I read it as that like he had been kind of keeping them keeping to themselves so that nobody like caught on to what was going on but he could have done a better job because she was a dirty girl um and he was a dirty man um simon makes it his mission to get sarah and her grandma to get along he recruits ruthie um they have good times making cookies yeah um and and ruthie is like oh moms are good but grandmas grandmas are are better because they don't yell at you and they let you eat anything you want yeah so uh and everyone's happy um so then um, there's a brief scene in the middle here where Rev, trying to, like, make sure that everybody's learning a lesson, uh, recruits Matt to go to the uh, trailer, trailer and clean everything up. And he's like, this is the importance of having a college education. Which also was a huge issue because, like, people who go to college are alcoholics. Don't let Seventh Heaven make you believe that if you go to college, you won't become an alcoholic. Actually, you're more likely to become an alcoholic because all you do in your free time is drink. So well, I don't know what kind of college you went to, but I went to an academic institution. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there was a lot of studying going on. Right. So the point being that just the being college educated does not stop you from potentially living in a trailer or potentially being an alcoholic. And this is wrong, and 7th Heaven is spreading lies. Yes. And um, also, I still don't understand what the difference between Julie and yeah. this guy are. Uh, you even pointed out and said this is only the second season, and they've now reused the alcoholic storyline. Yes. Um, so The I, episode ends with uh, 
the Rev taking Joe back home. Uh, Joe immediately notices that there's something different about the trailer, even though he's not walked inside yet. And he walks inside, and he's greeted with... The entire Camden family, for and, some reason or another. And Sergeant Michaels. And apparently each and every Camden has done something to improve the home. Uh, Annie is like, rewired stuff. So that he doesn't have to, to borrow electricity. And I was like, what if he was just stealing it? And he, like, can't... <laughs> so, um... Ruthie has stocked the fridge. Um, Mary and Lucy, who have nothing had nothing to do with the storyline whatsoever, have gotten a bed from the garage and put new sheets on it. <laughs> Yes, so he doesn't have to sleep on the couch or whatever. Um, and I forget. They like paid uh, the other past person? bills. Yeah. Like things have been done. Uh, and he's like, why, why? me? You're like, because. And, who and knows? then, oh, and then Sarah comes running out into his arms, and they're like, I think they're like, that's why. Like, you need to be there for your daughter and stuff. Basically. And then they send. Um, Ruthie, Simon, and Sarah outside because they want to... Have a, an adult conversation. Blackmail this man. Right. So they basically say either you... Either social services looks into this and, like, takes your daughter, or you become a church project. And that's exactly what they call him. You're going to become our new church project. So basically, somebody's going to be there to take him to and from AA, and then also to and from church. And also Meals on Wheels will be given I'm, him. like, okay with whatever, the Meals on Wheels and the AA, but, like, including the church stipulation in that, it's like, he doesn't need to go to church to be okay. Right. Like, that doesn't need to be part of the deal. Maybe that's them being like, we want to check in on you, but still, like, Don't there's do other ways to do that. Yeah. Uh, so then he's like, what if I don't want to be a project? Um, and they're like, well, then social services is going to get involved. And I don't know, they're like, you'll have to go away to rehab. And uh, Sarah will be put in a foster home, which is like obviously worse than having his mother take care of but I don't his understand. daughter, even I if guess. He goes, but even if he goes to rehab, then like if he like social services comes in, then she would still potentially stay with the grandmother. Like, oh, yeah, this is, like, that the closest any... living family right. member. like, they're not so. going to put her with, like, a not relative, especially if there's a relative there. Yeah. Um, anyway, Joe, because this is seventh fucking heaven and the Rev <laughs> needs to win, decides that it's best that, like, he let his daughter go. And it's a very heartfelt scene out on top of a car. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> it's like, a good cop car, too. Yeah, where she's like, did I not do a good enough job taking care of you? And he's like, you did, but now it's time that I do stuff to take care of you. And yay! And that's it. And we'll never hear about any of these people ever again. Even oh, though wait, that's not it. Um, because there's one scene at the Camden House. No, that, I know, but I'm saying even oh, though oh, yeah, Simon becomes form. No, was it? oh my god, oh my god, no, we missed the one most important scene. So Simon is telling Ruthie about he's like he says like at some point in the episode he says something about if you love something you, yeah, or someone you, have to you let, it let it go. go and he goes and I love Sarah and I kid you not it has been less than 24 hours since she's been in his life but he loves her and what does he say he says something after that too about like and it's time to i don't know um but he's like basically like i've done what i need to do yeah i don't it's all very strange but the end of the episode is ridiculous take it away aaron the camden parents walk into the kitchen and all of the kids are there and Mary is, oh, Simon and Ruthie are mashing potatoes, and Mary is taking a turkey out of the oven, and Lucy is being useless, and they're like, we just, uh, they're like, what's going on? And the kids say, 
we're having Thanksgiving and they say, aren't you a little late? late? And they're like, no, we're early. And then they all agree that they didn't want to wait until Thanksgiving to give thanks because they're so grateful to the cam rents uh, that they have. Um, well, like, like each of the each of the kids, each, yeah, they each have a thing that they're thankful for. Simon says, "I'm thankful for my own room and that you feed me." Lucy says, "Thank you for telling me about the fact that I was conceived on Valentine's Day." Uh, and Mary goes, "Thank you for making me live with Lucy because her emotional shit." is somehow stronger somehow um and we learn in this scene that matt has decided that he's going to go away to college to the university of tennessee and everybody's really sad because he's gonna be gone forever but then they immediately all like so then mary is like so i'm getting the attic room and then the scene ends with them all taking the food from the kitchen into the dining room and all the kids are yelling at each other and then like the parents are like crying and I don't know. Everybody was, like, sad for a minute before they started fighting over the room. And then... It zooms in on Matt's face. And he's like, oh, family. Yes. And then it's, that's it. <laughs> like, I'm really going to miss you guys. Shucks. Shucks. Oh, uh, shucks. Shucks. Uh, so... <laughs> what did you give this episode? Oh, my. Uh, two... I'll give it a two. Yeah, I'm going to give it a two also. Yeah, it was pretty... Um, I don't like the way that they... Nothing was important. No. No. Um, yeah, it was... I wish we had gotten more of Molly and her radical and dope things. Yes, the, <laughs> her use of like 90s slang was the best part of this episode. Um, and her random dancing. Maybe that'll also be on Instagram. Yes, perhaps. Speaking of, follow us on Instagram, Camden Cast Show. Follow us on Twitter, also Camden Cast Show. Apologize, videos have not been posting on Twitter, and I don't know why it's Twitter's fault, not mine. I've been trying. And like us on Facebook. Um, but obviously, listen, rate, and review on iTunes. Yes. And I'm Erin. And I'm Tandy, and this was Camden Cast. See you next time. I know there's no great-